What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Blue Notes. Uh, we are on episode six. Joe and Zach back in the pocket. Joe, what's happening, brother? What's going on? Blues hockey is back Saturday night. The big matchup. I was so excited uh, to just sit at home and watch the game. Oh, nothing better than just hearing your boys, uh, John Kelly and Darren Pang, just talking, man. Just just back together. The boys are back. Just talking about the action on the ice. Uh, great dub, by the way. I was so excited for that game, and I'm I'm glad we're back. And now we gotta wait till Wednesday for the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that sucks about this. Like we kind of talked about it with our schedule, or with the schedule in our in our Blues preview episode. But like, almost what what? How many days is that? Is that four days off? Like between your next game, and then we don't play again till Saturday this week. So we have yeah, a really light schedule. It's incredible, like, we were the last team to play, and then they're just, you know, slowly dangling that little carrot out in front of us, just keeping us begging for more. Oh, there are other teams that have played four games already. Like yeah, the Sharks. Nuts. The Sharks are 0-4. And like, the Preds, I, I believe, have played four. Yeah, and, like, I think Dallas has played two or three. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's just a really weird thing. And then the other thing, we'll get to it a little bit later, but no games yesterday. Zero hockey games on Sunday. Yeah, that's very weird. weird. Very weird. And we'll kind of bring that'll come up somewhere later. Um, to kind of get our random stuff out of the way here, uh, first on a little bit of a uh, a sadder note, we had a Cardinal legend, Bruce Sutter, who I think is one of four or five different Sutters to play any sport in the city of St. Louis. By the way, uh, but Bruce Sutter, legendary pitcher, uh, passed away on Thursday night, uh, complications from cancer. So uh, we'll pour one out for him, but. I was doing some research on this guy, man, and I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't know a lot about him besides the fact that he closed out the 1982 World Series for the Cardinals in that championship. But I'm looking up at, I'm lo- I'm looking him up on the internet and everything here, and getting some, you know, info about his life. Did you got Did you know that this guy invented the split finger fastball? Oh, that that's that's legendary right there. That. That pitch kind of did some things to the game, got some people looking in different directions. And I'm not, I'm not too sure why he did it. I'm only assuming that like it had to have been, and this kind of ties into the next point about him, is that he actually he had an elbow problem when he was in the minors, and he actually got he, he had to pay for it himself to get his surgery done. And I wonder if that had something to do with it, but just still another legendary move, going and paying for your own surgery because the team won't pay for it. And that was when he was in the minors and it comes back. And then, you know, obviously look what he did after that, you know, makes a huge career out of, you know, closing out World Series and all that. So, again, a legendary thing. And I didn't know that he was a Hall of Fame member. I knew he was in the Cardinals Hall of Fame because obviously with what he did in 1982. But 
he's also in the baseball hall of fame. So this guy's just an absolute, you know, horse legend in every sense. Didn't he have like a super legendary mustache? Like I, I feel like I remember a video clip with him like fist pumping with a great mustache. I know he had a decent beard, but I mean, like, I'm sure the mustache okay. was part of it. So, I mean, yeah, it had to have been a thing. So, so yeah. real quick, I was, like, looking at the roster of that 1982 team. Listen to some of these names that are on there. So, first you got uh, Bruce Sutter. Then you got Bob Forsh, big name there. Uh, Ozzie Smith. Willie McGee. Keith Hernandez. I mean, dude, that's 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 quite the team there. Those are all names that you've just been hearing your whole life as a Cardinals fan. I forgot that Keith Hernandez played for us. Another legend in his own right. I mean, the guy used to smoke darts on the bench. <laughs> Talking the era where people were smoking darts on the bench. Uh, I mean, it's baseball. It's a little bit different. But baseball used to be nuts back in the day, like in the 80s. So that team must have – I mean, can you imagine the celebration for that 1982 team? That had to have just been one for the ages. Willie McGee made $33,500 that year. And Ozzie Smith was probably the Yikes. highest paid player. What do he make? Like 500K? I, I don't see it. I'm just looking at I, this came across as like a little side note and like 33,082. I mean, I guess that was still a lot, but that's uh that's pennies compared to the guys now. <laughs> that's a that's like what Kershaw makes per pitch. Bruce Sutter, he was the highest paid player, nine hundred seventy-five thousand. Wow. Okay. So Ozzy was four fifty. I kind of figured that's like what his salary would have been. Like, but I th- I didn't think Sutter would have been in that. I thought he would have been like less than that. But that's wild. That's just crazy to look at like what players are making now. Baseball just, especially pitchers, like that was probably ridiculous to them. And now you're thinking like, well, pitch some pitchers get paid like like we said like. 20,000 a pitch or 20,000 a start. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's just fucking nuts. Um, So Uh, so rest in peace to him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Um, then uh, let's, let's talk a little uh, college puck real quick. Uh, LU hockey. We've been talking about them since uh, we started the podcast. I think I shouted them out maybe in episode two. Uh, So the boys took on air force. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode and, uh, you know, you were just rooting for a stopping on the Air Force because you're uh, what what branch were you? You were you were Navy, Navy right? Yeah. Navy, yes. A stomp on the Air Force and uh, Friday night. Guess what the boys did? They were getting stomped on early, but boy, did they have it themselves a third period coming down from a six-two deficit to go up seven to six and win the game on Friday. Legendary and legendary. The video, which we're gonna play the clip right now of the sound. I mean, how does that not just give you absolute goosebumps? And you get I think everyone should go look up the video to be honest. If you guys can go to like Lindenwood uh D one Lions hockey on Instagram or on Twitter and go look up Finnegan's goal from overtime and just listen to the 
to the absolute madhouse. I mean, it, it, it. I'm not joking. It gave me goosebumps watching that, and to know that they beat the air, you know, beating Air Force, that was kind of big too. But that's their first home game of the year, and they just. I mean, what a heartthrob, you know, being down six to two at, at the end of the second, being down four goals, and then to come all the way back and just, just a really good, really good way to get your first Division One win. That's for sure. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I, I was sitting at home Friday night. I didn't really have anything to do. I, I surprisingly found out that I was off work Saturday. I was supposed to work. Well, anyway, you know, I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll do so. I didn't really feel like going out and doing anything crazy Friday night. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll take my son to go see some college puck and, you know, go support our local team. But then I'm sitting at home and it's like six o'clock and I'm like, man, you know, I'm tired. I just want to sit at home. I don't feel like doing anything. I even looked up tickets uh adult tickets i think if i remember right they were 15 bucks so i'm like that's super cheap and and kids were like five dollars so i'm like 20 bucks we could have went to the game me and my boy and i'm really kicking myself in the ass for not going to that game oh i'm so mad that would have been awesome i think that's our that's our cue now that we have to go to a game we have to we go got to game. yeah it's it's for sure gonna happen um so they get that big win on friday and you know again it's their first season in D1. They don't win on Saturday. You know, they get beat 5-3 uh, to three in their second game. But still, they, I mean, for them to get that win in that fashion just has to bring a lot of fan, like fanfare, you know, get people to come to the game and all that. I think it's just a really cool way for them to get their first win, especially at home. I think it, it means a lot more that they did it at home than they do, you know, doing it on the road or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's... I. It, it's it's tough. It's got to be tough being your first year in D one, and you know, obviously, they're not having the easiest time. This was their first non ranked team that they played, and uh, they did a good job Friday night coming out with the dub. So, congrats sure. to those boys. Congrats to the LU Lions, and we we're gonna keep that's gonna be a weekly thing. We're gonna keep you guys up to date, letting you know who they're playing. So we'll take a look at their schedule uh, for the second podcast this week. So stay on alert for that. Um, just a couple more. House clean or housekeeping things. I almost said house cleaning. Good God. Um, so we got Jonah Hill has been announced that he's going to play John Daly in a uh, a feature film about John in a biopic about John Daly's life. You kind of had some opinions on this. You didn't really like the casting. So yeah, I mean, I think this is really cool. I think if any if any golfer not named Tiger Woods is going to get a movie made about himself. John Daly is the absolute guy to have that done. I mean, talk about the bad boy of golf just ripping darts down the fairway all day long. I think I don't think you would ever see him without one. He'd already have the next one in his hand, lighting it with the one that he's currently smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just see all these crazy pictures. You know, he's known for his... Uh, you know, bad boy attitude doesn't necessarily want to wear the country club get up. Uh, he likes the flashy printed pants and the brightly colored shirts and maybe a button or two more unbuttoned than the other guys. Uh, you see these pictures of the guy streaking on the course in front of him, uh, the 19th hole pointing to his yeah. butt. <laughs> Everybody's seen that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what a character John Daly is now. Uh, Jonah Hill, like growing up, you know, we kind of grew up with Jonah Hill in a bunch of movies. He was one of my favorite actors growing up. Uh, you talk about the movie Accepted. I think that's like top five of my all-time favorite movies. He was fantastic. You, 
You know that movie, right? Come on, yeah, you're looking except, with a like, except Ask me super- about my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that line. Fat Dude, Jonah he Hill. Like, he, I think Fat Jonah Hill. I think always whenever the like this is this is kind of a tangent, but like when actors are fat and then they end up like you know losing weight, I think they turn to complete dickheads. Like, and, and that for, that's what, what I happened? think about Jonah Hill. Yeah, and I mean, I'll give him, I'll give him this. Like, he was really good in in Wolf of Wall Street, but I'm talking about like his old yes. school ones when he was in, uh, he was in Grandma's Boy, another yes. classic. He was in Super Bad, which is basically like our generation's uh, uh, Breakfast Club. You know, kind of yeah. like that coming of age movie. And then, you know, he was good in the Wolf of Wall Street. He was, I, I do think he was really good in Moneyball. I think he played that role perfectly. But that again, that's pre weight loss Jonah Hill. After that, it's just he's kind of gone a little bit downhill. So I see where you're coming from. Is he going to gain weight back to look like that, John Daly? That's what I was going to ask you, man. Like, because John Daly is he's he's a big boy. So, uh, you know, is is Jonah Hill going to be walking around with a you know a three XL Hooters outfit walking down the fairway? You know, John Daly's sponsored by Hooters now. That's yeah, what a, what a get for him and his son, by the way. Um, but yeah, Jonah Hill, like I just, I think this would have been a great role for him ten years ago. But anymore, it's like, yeah, you know who I think would be perfect. Uh, God rest his soul, is um, oh shit, Chris Farley. Oh my Chris God, Farley yeah. would have been a perfect John Daly. He's one of my favorite comedians ever, favorite actors ever. He's awesome. Yes. And just a really sad story. He did. He he was barely in anything before he like people like he blew up really quick. And then, you know, unfortunately, what happened happened. You know, found in his hotel room and all that. But I can't really think of anyone that I'd want to play John Daly. I I I just don't know. I I don't know how Jonah Hill is going to be as him. I can't really see him being that guy though, like the bad boy and all that. And listen, Hollywood figures it out. They'll they'll figure it out. I'm sure it's going to be great, but, you know, just Jonah Hill's rubbed me the wrong way. Since, like, I heard, like, Wolf of Wall Street, it was a little more serious of a role for him. And, like you said, he was good in it, but, like, you hear a lot of, like, the um, after stories of it, like him on set and everything. A lot of people said he was a real dick. And then, like, some of his other movies since then, like, yeah, he's just been known as, like, this real, just a jerk, man. Do you remember when, do you remember when, speaking of asshole actors, do you remember like two years ago, like, or maybe it was even like the beginning of 21 when Tom Cruise was doing the Mission Impossible movie and like basically like went off on the entire set? Do you remember when that video came out? Uh, I remember hearing like a morning show talk about it or something. Yeah. He was basically just like ripping into everybody on set and like calling them, you know, like pieces of shit. I, from what I can, what I've gathered Jonah Hill's not exactly that far off from that. Yeah. It's kind of a pain in the ass to deal with. Now, Tom Cruise has got a little bit more to his name that he could probably get away with that. I don't know. But also, the other thing I was going to say with the, the actors who get skinny, do you know who I don't who I haven't liked since they got skinny? Is Who's Chris that? Pratt. Chris Pratt. Oh, man. Uh, and, uh, and he, here's the thing. I will say, he's, I, I will say he was a better actor but i mean chris pratt's still chris pratt dude i freaking love chris pratt I do still like him but i think he's just a little like he just got a little bit too i guess you can't say big for his britches because he got small hollywood but he yeah, got a little got too hollywood. hollywood he definitely got yeah. hollywood for sure i can and, agree with that because he was so good when he was on parks and rec and like when he was fat pratt it was the it was elite pratt 
And then, you know, after that, and I'm not a big like Avengers guy and all that. And I know he was like a big part of the Avengers series. I know you're like into that stuff, but, um, I, I just, I never really got into it. So I don't know. Maybe if you're a bigger, if you're a bigger, heftier guy, just stay that way. I don't know, but we'll see how that comes out. I mean, I, I really can't see that movie being too bad. Now they got to bring up like his like former marriages and his gambling problems and all that. I hope, I hope he just like he goes and lives with John Daly and sees how he actually lived. And if you guys want to get an idea of how like crazy John Daly's life is, look up the John Daly Howard Stern interview. I think it's from two thousand four or two thousand five, and it is wild because he he wrote a book a long time ago. He might have wrote more than one. You know, John uh, Daly's also a country singer. I, no, I had no idea. I could see he, it though. <laughs> if you, if you ever listen to the Foreplay podcast, I, is it either at the beginning or the? End? I think it's at the end of every podcast. There's like a song that they you know fade out to. It's hit it hard. That's John Daly singing that song, and it like it's actually a jam. Holy shit! Now Pretty I gotta good. listen. Now I yeah. gotta listen. Adding that to the Spotify playlist. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. Um, you ready last to move thing. on to the next thing? Yeah, and I I know this is like something you we kind of went over last minute, so I want to go over this with or with you and because there's it's something to do with St. Louis, and I know you so, wanted to get into it. So yeah, the, St. Louis made a list. Uh, congratulations to us. Um, this is. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this. This is the list of the uh, top 182 cities in America ranked for safety. Now, on this list, uh, there were 42 key indicators that they went to. This is according to Wallet Hub, by the way. Uh, yeah, 182 cities, 42 indicators of safety. Um, they're data ranges their data set ranges from the percentage of residents who are anywhere from uh, fully vaccinated to assaults per capita to the unemployment rate and road qualities and uh so I have a feeling real quick they're not going to be super safe <laughs> you, you you don't think we're going to make the top 10 uh, in most dangerous, yeah, hundred percent. We'll see though. Well, let's let's start on the safe side. Uh, I'll, I'll read you the top ten real quick. Uh, starting with number ten, uh, Lewiston, uh, Maine. Never heard of that city. Raleigh, North Carolina, at nine. Burlington, Vermont. Gilbert, Arizona. Yonkers, New York. Warwick, Rhode Island. Portland, Maine, with number four. Laredo, Texas, number three. Which which is kind of surprising because that's a border city. Yeah. So, like, usually you hear about a lot of crazy stuff coming out of there. Um, then uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. I've never heard of that Nashua. town. And Nashua, you've heard of it. Okay. And yeah. then uh, Columbia, Maryland is the safest city in America, according Basically to Basically anywhere in the Northeast where nobody fucking lives. Because, I mean, I'm right. telling you, anywhere in Vermont and Maine, everyone hates that. Like, I'm, I've been up to Maine. It's the most boring place on earth. So the that, the that, outer banks of all the suburbs of that highly populated northeast. Even Yonkers surprised me that it's in the top ten for safest places because that's not too far from New York City. A lot like of people it, that work in New York City live in Yonkers, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's why. Maybe you probably have to pay a fuck ton to be able to live there. But anyway, right. are we going to are we going to do the rest of the list? Or are we going to do top ten of the most dangerous? Let, let's just go to the top ten of the most dangerous. Um, where? <laughs> Where do, you, 
God damn it. All right, St. Louis is the most dangerous city. I'm not even going to quiz you, everybody. We're just the most dangerous. Once again, congratulations, St. Louis. Uh, Most dangerous. I can Um, tell you right now, where I live, I can can understand that. Let me tell you, uh, this is funny. So I actually texted my uh, my brother's girlfriend today, who lives with us. She uh, she was gone, and I'm I'm coming home. I went to get gas in the car, and I'm driving down my street, and there's a guy who's got, for one, it's like 41 degrees out, and he's wearing shorts and a t-shirt, like you know that it, it's freezing as it's freezing as fuck outside. Why are you doing that? He's got a baby in one hand, and in the other hand, he's got a fucking like 40 inch TV, and he's just walking down the street with his baby. And then, like, five minutes later after that, I get back in the house, and you can hear gunshots right down, like, right down the street. Jesus. It's just, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it doesn't affect me that much, but we do have a lot of crime here, and it's really bad. I think we've been the most dangerous place in the world, or in the oh, United countless States, times, for a long dude. time. Countless times. Like, it's either us or Detroit or, like, sometimes Baltimore is up there. Chicago, yeah, they got the high murders, but they also have high population. So per capita, it's not that bad. But I mean, come on, St. Louis, we just got to figure this shit out. Like, I feel like our city for the past like three to four ish years, we're finally kind of on the ups with things. Like, we got this new soccer stadium being built. Like, we, dude, for the first time in like twenty five years, we've had like with especially with Ballpark Village, we've had like new skyscrapers going up. Like, St. Louis is kind of hustling and bustling, dude, and. Once again, this is just one more negative to the box, but let's just figure it out, St. Louis. Come on, figure it I out. Think a, I think one thing we're trying to do is like keep up with other cities that are really blowing up, like Nashville's really close. They're blo- I mean, a sky, there's Denver. a new skyscraper. Yeah, Denver, uh, Dallas, Houston, yeah. you know, places like that. Like Austin, Texas. Yeah. Oh, Austin, yeah, Austin's huge. Austin, I think, is like the rich. Well, I think it's either Austin or Houston is like the richy, like, you know, it's like the the Frontenac of Texas, you know, yeah. down that way. Which you know, if anyone knows Frontenac around here, I mean, if you're a doctor, you live in Frontenac. That's for fucking sure. That's where we work a lot. So, uh, yeah. But hey, shout out to St. Louis. Hey, we're get we're number one in something. We like that. Number like one. That. It's it's good to be on top. Yep. All right, man. Let's uh let's move into some hockey news. We got a little bit of the NHL news we want to get to really quick. Um, why don't you go ahead and lead us off with that? All right. Uh. Now, you know what? I want to start down here. Uh, Opening night for every team was last week, and uh, I saw a list that was the home countries for all of, uh, you know, every player in the league. And I wish I would have saved that this this follow-up tweet to it, but there was, like, a follow-up tweet that, like, showed the percentages of Canadian players from, like, 75 and then 85 and then 95 05 15 and now 2022 and canadian players in the nhl only make up 40 percent of all players which which is kind of mind-blowing yeah okay so so okay so i got the list pulled up here uh currently there are 290 players on opening night rosters in the nhl uh as the Comparable to that, uh, United States is in second with 206. So we, we're catching up to them, man. Like 206 compared to 290. Like 10 years ago, that number was a much bigger gap. Not only that, I think some of the best players in the league now, like we're starting to get more and more superstars that come out of, 
and not it's not like the traditional markets like New York and uh, you know Michigan and De- and the Dakotas and places like that. You know, we're getting players out of Texas, like Blake Coleman's from Texas. Um, I think Brooks Orpic was from Texas as well. Uh, Patrick Kane, obviously out of New York, but then like Matthews is from Arizona, and Clayton Keller, another big time player, is from St. Louis. Uh, both the Kachuk brothers being from St. Louis. So I think that's that's really big. Like we have 206 players, but also like getting a decent amount of superstars is big too. Now, one of these follow up tweets that I'm looking at right now is I saw um, the one that you're maybe the one you're talking about, like per capita. I, well, I yeah, okay. So I'm looking at that. Like, yeah, where Canada, it's seven seven point six players per million inhabitants, whereas America, it's only uh point six players per million. So, I mean, we got some uh, ground to make up there, but Sweden with a surprising 6.8 per million. It's because they only have 10 million people living there. Right. Like, that's that's just crazy. And then, like, I, I see uh, another one on here is Russia. I mean, Russia is so big. So, that, I mean, I guess it's really not that surprising, but only like 0.3 players per capita or per million. Yeah, so... So to finish out the top five, uh, we'll, we'll go to six just to put some Czech players in there. Uh, number three, Sweden with 68. Russia, 40. Uh, I believe that's Finland with 32. And then Czech with 30. Uh, so, yeah, those are the teams with 30 or more in their country uh, playing in the NHL. That's that's pretty cool. I think that's kind of cool. And there's also some countries, like, there's they didn't say what country they are. You have to know the flag. But there's yeah. one at the very bottom. We have one player from great britain which by the way is nathan walker he was born in britain and then moved to australia okay yeah i was gonna say i'm like uh he's australian yeah but he was born in britain and then moved to australia so he'd be the one player but there's another one on there that i just i had no idea who the country was it's the last one on the list but yeah it's like got a little crescent moon with like a blue green and white stripes right i have no idea what country that is should have paid attention in geography more (laughs) yeah all right, uh, so then uh, let's move on. Um, we'll go to Vegas for this headline. Uh, Logan Thompson, Zach's Ugh. favorite goalie in the NHL business God. pick uh, for the Vezina, makes his 20-save uh, shutout in his debut Thursday night, and uh, that was while we were recording. But a little side note here, they were playing the Hawks, so we'll, yeah. uh, we'll keep watch on that. Yeah, I mean – Good for Logan Thompson. I'm not going to hate on him. I just thought that was a terrible take by Biz, but hey, <laughs> way to shove it right back at me with that one. Getting a 27 save shutout in his first start, so not bad. And we had another uh, shutout. Um, Villa Huso, former Blue, last last year with us. Uh, 29 save shutout in his debut with the Red Wings, and uh, but once again, he played the Canadians, so not not a very hard test there either. That was well, uh, Friday you- night. If you watch that game, if, or if you watch the highlights, I wanted to talk. I didn't even put this in our notes. Jake Allen was unreal in that game. So we had two former Blues goalies dueling it out. I think Jake Allen made like 38 saves on 40 shots. And the other and two one of them was like the save of the year. Yeah, and one, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And we had another save of the year candidate too. We could talk about that. We didn't have our notes, but... I mean, I just wanted everyone to know that, like, it was a goalie duel. I think there were two empty net goals that were scored. Um, also, one of the tallest people I've ever seen play forward scored a goal for Detroit the other night. Uh, Elmer Soderblom, he's six foot nine and playing forward. 
So he gets okay. his first goal. And uh, they're called, so there's a line that he plays on. It's Soderblom, Sunquist, and Rasmussen. Uh, they're calling them the Redwood line. Nice. They're all huge. I think they're yeah, because Sonny's like six four, six five. Yeah, they said he was like six four, and then Rasmussen six five, and then I think Soderblom's like yeah six eight, six nine, something like that. That's so nuts. The, red, the Redwood line was kind of sick. I thought that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, but again, congratulations to Billy Huso. I mean, we're not, we can't be mad at him. He, it's not, not really his choice. He wanted to be traded. We traded him, and he goes and gets a shutout in his in his debut with Detroit. So that's kind of nice for them. All right, and then uh, let's move over to the Shark Tank for a little bit of no- news. Uh, or actually, yeah, Brent Burns made his return to the Shark Tank, but uh, not with the Sharks. Uh, his first time as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Brent Burns was originally drafted by Minnesota, but played the majority of his career with the Sharks, playing 798 games with them uh, You know, after he was traded to them in 2011. Yeah, I mean, Brent Burns was a legend in San Jose. I mean, the beard, uh, the you know, all the animal stuff, uh, just the way he carries himself. He's just a unique individual, really good guy. I've always liked Brent Burns. I really don't remember him playing for Minnesota that much, if I'm being honest. I really don't. The only thing I remember about him playing for Minnesota, which I don't even really remember, it's just all the every year uh, when – you know, the teams take their headshot pictures and you see the evolution of Brent Burns and it's just like this little kid with the blonde tips and then it just slowly evolves into a caveman. (laughs) It's it's like, yeah, okay, I see. Right, right. (laughs) You you see, you just see this little kid just evolve into this gnarly man and you see him in a Minnesota jersey for the first like four years. Yeah, and it's really cool. I, I honestly do love watching those like returns, especially for players that like actually played there for a long time. Yeah. Like when David Perron comes back here, I want to be at the game. I want to Yeah, be that'd there. be a cool one. It's probably going to be a tearjerker. And why and like the way that they put those together, man, they just pull at your heartstrings. Like, you know, the music they play behind it, all the calls. And Brent Burns, you can tell, was really he was whole and you know, we were at a game for that. We were at David Backus's last game in St. Louis. Oh, we were yeah, and they did that tribute for him. And I was like, if I weren't around my friends right now, I'd probably start crying. <laughs> like, I would start crying right now. Yeah, that I, I kind of forgot that. Was that like our, was, was that the first was time like we our, met? That was the first time we met. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize yeah. that was that game. Okay. All right, right on. Little uh, behind the like scenes 50, action. 50% capacity crowds at the time. Jeez. So it was kind of it was kind of cool. There was no one sitting around us and all that. But yeah, um, Brent Burns. I'm not going to call him a Hall of Famer, but he's definitely a legendary player. That's for sure. He'll get his number retired in San Jose, I think. Yeah, I would think so. And and one of the last guys in the NHL to really like take uh, full stride of playing forward and defense at the same time. The only two I can really think of off the top of my head are Bufflin and him. Yeah, like that's it. very similar. Then, very similar players who Bufflin we talked about in our last podcast, like they're both kind of like, they're both. Yeah. Like they're, they're very unique individuals, like just characters, absolute characters. So I think that was a really cool thing uh, for Brent Burns. Yep. All right. And then, uh, so blue jackets, newest superstar, Johnny hockey got his first goal as a member of the team Friday against Tampa. 
Uh, it was right above the paint. He received a pass from Justin Danforth from behind the net. Oh, what a beautiful pass. Just kind of a no-look between the legs yeah. uh, right behind the net. And then uh, it may have deflected off Hedman, but either way it went in. And uh, just a great way to see him you know, get started scoring with the new team. It was his second game, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was held off the score sheet in his first game against Carolina, which, I mean, that's a tough task. Um, but, yeah, and then, then he came to St. Louis and did nothing. No score sheet there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it was good to see Johnny Hockey, you know, do his thing, but as long as he doesn't do it against us, it's fine. I was really – it was cool to see him celebrate. And I remember, I think it was Johnny Hockey on Spitting Chicklets or something like that was talking about the cannon in Columbus. And, like, I think there's a video of him getting, like, scared. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And, like, just to see him, I was, like, waiting for his reaction on his first goal. No jumping, no nothing. I think he prepared for it. I literally was watching the goal video looking specifically for that. And then right (laughs) before the cannon went off, the video switched to the cannon. And I'm like, damn it. (laughs) I wanted to see how Johnny reacted. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because I think it was the video. I think it was him that like got scared by it one day, like one game that they were playing. And uh, yeah. So, you know, this time maybe he was a little bit more prepared for it. I want to talk about something here on our next note. So Saturday morning, I get, uh, I get a message from you and my buddy Chandler and a couple other people who, who know me very well by now. Matt Murray on Saturday morning after the morning skate is announced that he is going to be on IR, so 10 games or 24 days. I mean, almost a month he's going to be gone. After we just had talked about he has to stay healthy and all this, and oh my God. I, I mean, it, is. Is Matt Murray, is he the most unlucky guy on earth, or is he just, like, this injury prone? Like, is there something wrong with him, or is he, I don't know. It's just so weird that he didn't even make it a full, he didn't, he played one game, and he allowed four goals on, like, I don't, I can't remember how many shots. So, so you could say either this is Matt Murray having the bad luck, or you could say this is the Toronto Maple Leafs having the bad luck, I mean... Just talk about a team that just gets hit with hit with something new every season. Yeah, and the only thing I have to say about the whole Matt Murray thing is, told you so. They did an interview with, uh, or before that, they interviewed DJ Smith, and like you know, they were asking like you know Matt Murray is going to be playing you guys soon, or playing this weekend. You know how do you think? And this is before he knew he got hurt. And he's like, look, he's a great guy. He just didn't give us enough games. I think he was hurt for 60-something games last year and only played his total career or his total time in Ottawa played 40 games. And so now he played one game and is already hurt. So I don't know, but luckily enough for Toronto, Samsonov came in and played a really good game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst guy in the world to have as your backup, but uh, really good luck to Matt Murray. I I don't wish him any ill harm. I I, I think he's a guy that he, he... Got lucky at the beginning of his career, you know, getting that spot to win that Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh. And then uh, just kind of after that, hasn't really had anything go his way. The only thing that I have is, like, why did you have to pay him $4 million? Why couldn't you go get another guy at the same rate that you paid Samsonov? I think Samsonov was making, like, one and a half, maybe a little bit less. But why did you have to pay a guy who you know cannot stay healthy this much money? It's just again, it's a it's a question 
we'll we'll just I don't know if it's ever going to get answered, but Toronto is just in a weird spot. And right now, um, looking at the score, I mean they were playing Arizona tonight, and they had Eric Schalgren playing because of Matt Murray's injury, and uh, they lost four to two to, to Arizona. <laughs> Allowed, uh, Shawgren allowed four goals on 19 shots. Oh my God, man! This is. Can you imagine what Leafs Nation is? Are you guys all right? Are you guys okay right now? I don't think they're listening, brother. They're engulfed in that Toronto media. They're all just their heads are spinning. It's like the Exorcist up there. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I really do wish the best for him. I hope that he gets back and gets healthy, and you know, hopefully he can he can get back on the train really quick. But I mean, if Sam Sonal is playing really good, he's not going to play. Like, he's just not going to. They're not going to just let him play just because, especially with his injury problems. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. All right, let's talk Blues. Time to go into the Blues. All right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we had like a little bit of a leak going around. Uh, don't know how true this is. It seems pretty darn legit. I mean, a lot of like talking heads on Twitter and Instagram and everything are, are talking about it. Um, a new reverse retro 2.0, uh, a lot of yellow uh, jerseys and gear have been leaked. Uh, you, you sent me these. I was trying to go back so I could look at them in person right now. Um, I can't really find it right now, but I, I just remember like it having that like old school like Real thin, curvy blue note, and then just a lot and a lot of yellow. Yeah, I mean, I like them, if I'm being honest. I like the look of them. I'm actually sending them to you again right now, unless you can find them. Uh, yeah. But I kind of like the old school look, that old blue note. The only thing that I have to say with this is, like, I it has to, it has to be... It has to go well with like the pants and the sock combo and the helmet combo and everything like that. I think these jerseys have great potential. And the reverse retro 2.0s, I think every team is getting one. I think most teams are getting one. The ones who are getting them are being released on Thursday, from what I understand. Like these were leaked. Uh, there was a leak also of like a like a a beanie or a toque type of thing that was being sold in the store as well. So you know when that's being released that they're you know they're going to release a jersey. I, I don't know. I have an opinion on the jerseys I was talking to someone else about the other day. I think they should switch to the powder blues as their home jersey, where the winter classic whites from last year, like the cream that they wore in Minnesota last year, and then this could be their third jersey. Or, you know, the reverse retro, the other ones that they wear. I, I'm not a fan of their regular blues right now. I think they're okay. I love the white jerseys. Don't get me wrong. I think the blues white jerseys are one of the best jerseys in the game. They're so clean, uh, but yeah, you said something about the the powder blue, like the Winter Classic jerseys. Great seeing those on Saturday night. I think they wear them every home weekend game. I think that's how they do it, right? I, I think that's how they did it last year. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I love those jerseys. And again, I think they should just move to the Winter Classic powder blues. Maybe keep the whites, but wear those white, the cream white Winter Classics from last year a lot more. I love those jerseys. They're the best. Yeah, I'm 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 down with that, man. I'm just really really looking forward to like what kind of pants 
glove helmet combo they go with. If it's a yellow helmet, I'm out. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do you think they're gonna go yellow helmet, yellow pants? That'd just be like a sunflower walking around out there. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, maybe do like I would say like do like some blue pants with like a white pinstripe down the side. Do yeah. some blue socks with a little bit of yellow striping, and then you know blue gloves with some yellow lettering and trim. That's about it. Don't do too much yellow. Because the too much yellow, we're going to look like Nashville, and I don't want that. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, man. Uh, now, this is something that you kind of brought up. Uh, Buffalo's doing uh, individual goal songs this year. Every like, So it's kind of like you know in baseball when, when a player walks up to the plate. They have their own walk-up songs. Now, when a player scores a goal, you're going to be hearing... Uh, I don't know what what's some trendy TikTok songs that a lot of these hockey players are gonna have on their playlist right now, um, but you had a question for me and and you, you kind of made your own list. What goal songs do you think some of the Blues would use? I came up with a lot. I came up with a lot. Which, by the way, I love this idea. I think this is great. And to throw it back to Johnny Hockey, when he played in Calgary, when he scored. I think it was his first two or three years. They would play, uh, go, Johnny, go, go, Johnny be good. Like, they'd play that. Only Johnny. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that is sick to me. Like, I, I yeah. love that. I think anything that can you know, bring out more personality in players, because if you leave it up to the players, it's, like, really cool. It shows you their personality, what kind of music they like. And, yeah, I came up with a few. And you can weigh in on this, too. So, like, I came up with a few. And, obviously, some of these are by name and stuff like that. Um so for Robert Thomas, if he scores a goal, just imagine them playing "So Smooth" by Rob Thomas and Santana. Yes, I mean, how cool would that be? Like, it would just be cool. And you know, we obviously there was the video with Rob with Rob Thomas and Robert Thomas whenever you know after we won the cup and everything. So I think that would be really cool. Now you had an idea for Jordan Cairo if he scored a goal. So. Kairou, it would definitely be something Loud Luxury. Now, Loud Luxury, if you don't know who they are, they're like a, a like a house music, like a, almost like EDM, like techno-y, but like poppy kind of thing. A band um, that you would catch at like, or a group that you would catch at like Rise Nightclub. Yeah, oh, 100%. I'm sure they've played there like 20 times. Um, Kairou is like really good buddies with them. And like, I, I don't know when exactly it started, but when I really started seeing it was like, following all these players like during the summer after we won the cup like Kyrie was down in Vegas just like basically being a uh uh what do they call those like a, a hype uh, man like a jockey like a uh band roadie for for loud luxury like just every time that they'd be putting on a concert Kyrie would just be sitting there side of the stage just taking selfie videos and they'd let him like touch a couple buttons on the boards like oh he's just having himself a time and like ever since then yeah I just see him like popping up at a loud luxury concert every once in a while who knows where I like that idea I mean I wouldn't mind it I think it'd be kind of cool for Buchnevich, I I couldn't come up with anything besides the Death Star theme in Star Wars. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I could just see him just with that angry face of his. Which, by oh, the way, yeah. if he scored, like he had a nasty goal the other night, we'll talk about it. But like, at, imagine like him doing that celly. He's pointing back at crew like this, and then you just hear the the Death Star music coming in. <laughs> I don't know why. Don't ask me. Uh, now for Tarasenko, I really couldn't think of anything. 
because he's a pretty private guy. We don't know what he does. We don't know what kind of music he likes. So I just put Russian folk music, like just some like I don't I don't even know what Russian folk music is. I don't even know if it's a thing. I have no idea. I, Senko seems like like a like a marshmallow guy to me. Like he he seems like he's into that like EDM kind of stuff. I follow yeah, him like, on Instagram. Like the poppy stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, for Ryan O'Reilly, I had the Lumineers or My Morning Jacket, which it's just because like we know like listening to Missing Curfew with Upshaw, who's a former Blue, and Shane O'Brien, whenever they go to shows that involve the Lumineers or My Morning Jacket. Apparently Ryan O'Reilly like gets together with these guys backstage and like plays guitar with them and you know he's really good buddies with them. So kind of the same I, thing with Kyra. I know he's like a big like uh, Mumford and Sons guy too, which I'm I don't know who my morning jacket is, but I'm guessing it's right along the same. You have to branch. add them to your playlist and check them out. They're not too bad. It just it you have to really be into that kind of music. It's like I love that kind of music, dude. I, I, do you like the Lumineers? The Lumineers, Lu- awesome. the Lumineers that um, what was it? Uh, uh, the Ophelia album, uh, just certified banger, dude. Like m- when that came out, my son was real young. I think it came out in like 2017, and like yeah. I would just sit on the floor with my son and just play that. They had like a a whole like storyline music video, uh, and I would just play it front to back on YouTube, and like it was a, like a movie almost, and it just. Oh, dude! I almost named my daughter Ophelia after their song. Oh, Ophelia! Like, almost named my daughter that. Like, I love the Lumineers. Ange wouldn't let you do it. No, we just like I I didn't want too extravagant of a name, and I I was just like ah, you know, I couldn't come up with like a good nickname for it. I wanted a nickname like her name's Maddie right now. I call her. I call her, dude. I thought of that. I'm like, oh, that, that doesn't sound great. Oh, I thought of Opie. Oh, but man. uh no yeah her name's maddie and i call her mad dog so i, I like that's a that's a good oh, that's, nickname i like that i like that uh for barbashev this was pretty easy barbie girl i mean what, <laughs> how funny you would it be to fucking cheese ball yeah <laughs> that, it would be awesome uh this was my favorite one was jake neighbors so i sent you the video the other night and i'll put it in right here the audio for the song my mansion sitting on 40 acres who the neighbors? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. Now that's paper. My mansion sitting on 40 acres. Who the neighbors? Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. That song is by Juicy J. It's called Who the It's called Who the Neighbors. And if, I mean, can you imagine a little five foot ten white guy from Calgary, Alberta, scoring a goal and hearing? You know, Juicy J, you know, my man just sitting on 40 acres. Who the neighbors? Like, it would be so sick to hear that. It would just be nasty. So that would be another one. Uh, for Brandon Saad, this is the last one I had. The only thing I could come up with was the fact that he is from Pittsburgh. So I looked up bands from Pittsburgh, and the only one that I saw that was, like, really big was uh, Anti-Flag. And I've I, never even heard of them. I think they're like a punk band from like the early nineties. I'm pretty okay. sure. Like the early like Green know. Day era. Yeah, like I don't really I don't really see Sod like Sod seems like to me like the kind of guy who would listen to like Mozart or like Bach. <laughs> like he just doesn't seem like a very exciting He's guy. just fucking boring. Yeah, like and I mean he's a great he seems like an awesome guy. He's just like really quiet. And you yeah. can just see it like I could see him with like AirPods in the locker room. He's like, What are you listening to? And he's like, Bach. Seven. 
the, the eighth symphony. Yeah, something like that. Um, all right, and before we get into the game review, you had a really cool, fun fact that we did not go over last podcast. Dude, yeah, this, I, I think I realized this like right after we were done recording uh, last Friday. Which um, is how it always happens. We yeah, of course. forget and remember right after. The St. Louis Blues in all of uh, the... 2021-2022 season did not get shut out one single time. Now, I, I noticed this like when we were, you know, after I was doing a little bit more looking into our nine goal scores last year. Uh, yeah, not a single time that we were shut out at all last year, which which is pretty incredible. Uh, it's only been done one other time in franchise history, and that was uh, the 81-82 Blues. That's, that's saying something pretty legit i tried to look up i couldn't really f- get the time to look up like which teams have had that done like who haven't been shut out i'm assuming that every single islanders team and the oilers teams from the 80s probably never got shut out um you know chicago from the you know the mid 2010s and on uh probably or you know the early 2010s to the mid 2010s probably didn't i don't know though that i still think that's a fascinating stat that you put in here the fact that we didn't get shut out once. And I mean, we're not the most offensively gifted team. I mean, not for, I mean, we have a great power play and we're a deep team, but the fact that like, like we never got shut out is just an absolute crazy fact. So nice little tidbit found by Joe there. Shout out to you. Thanks buddy. I I like to be a little statistician. Oh yeah, buddy. You're, you're becoming one right in front of our eyes. You're budding into a beautiful statistician flower. That's a hard um, word to say. Statistician. <laughs> uh, so, Saturday night, the Blues get their dub in their only game that they've played so far, for God's sake. I mean, it's been almost, what, three days since they played. Um, they take a 5-2 to two win over Columbus. Um, by the way, their third consecutive home opener win, which I guess, looking back at it, it's the 2020, the 2021 season. Uh, like when we started in January and then last year and this year. I'm guessing that that's what it was. I don't know if they're counting like the 2019 one or like that one. But yeah, yeah I, I, 2019 one, I guess that would mean we didn't win if it's three in a row. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, you're probably right about that. Good call. <laughs> but uh, kind of just go over the first period here. It was really not, it, there wasn't really much going on. I mean, we get a power play early. Um, and power play goal uh, by Buchnevich on a sick, absolutely disgusting no-look pass by Tori Krug. He's coming down the left circle, like right at the top of the circle. He's looking at the corner and just looking like that. Doesn't even look at Buchnevich, goes cross ice. Buchnevich goes bar down, easy goal, and cue the Death Star theme. I mean, that was just a <laughs> sick, that was just a <laughs> sick goal. Yeah, I mean, it was cool how he just like looked the defender off and and Booch was there, top of the slot. Bing bong. See ya. Our power, our power play did look good like early on. They were moving the puck. And I think they went one for three on the night or one for four, but they still looked good on that first one. It was pretty good. I don't have the exact numbers. I definitely should have prepared more. But <laughs> a, pretty do- a pretty dominant first period by us. Um, not shown by the score, obviously. Uh, the shots were six to four in favor of Columbus at the end of the period. And then uh, you put in a note here, and I, I, I kind of wanted to put it in there too, was Pareko killed 
Gavrikov, and then again with Wierenski. With so at the very end of the period, he takes two wind-up slap shots, which he needs to do more of. I know people are going to get sick of hearing that, but he needs to. But he hits Gavrikov, who like it stuns him. He doesn't exactly go down, but when he hit Wierenski, I think he hit him like in the lower back or in the ass. Dude, right, it looked like like the upper thigh, like just. Talk about a dead leg. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. Me and my buddies, when we were younger, we just used to take anything we could and just whack each other in the thighs to give each other dead legs. Like, I couldn't imagine what a piece of vulcanized rubber flying at me at 105 miles an hour right below the ass is going to feel like. (laughs) That had to have hurt. And you could tell. Like, he got up. He was wobbly. He was like, oh, my God. I want to know what the bruise looks like. After that, so that and, I mean, and he just, he clapped one more uh, slap shot actually on goal that time, and and that that there was like five seconds left in the period at that point, and those guys are probably like, oh my god, thank you, I need to get off the ice. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone's just like, it's like the Fulton Reed from Mighty Ducks, like the first was like, look out, everyone just gets out of the way. Yeah, Puck's just so, flipping I mean, through the air. I, that, but hey. What I like out of that is like he so that's something that I think that Pareko has been lacking. And I like I said, I'm gonna say what this is not exactly a hot take. He needs to shoot more. And when you see him do stuff like that, it's gonna make people set like it's make them double take and be like, Do I really wanna stand in the lane and take this lick to the leg, the ankle, you know, whatever for a block shot? I don't know if they really want to do that. I think that's good that he's going to make people think about getting in the lanes because then one time he's going to wind up, everyone's going to be like, oh, what the fuck? He's going to freeze people and then move the puck and we're going to be able to get a goal. So I think that's it's good for him to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, like, and I forget, I wish I could remember who it was, but um, Darren Pang said right after that whole sequence happened, somebody was sitting right next to him on the bench and like, again, again, <laughs> just screaming like, come on, take another one. It was awesome. You want to see something crazy, like as as far as like I know we're getting a little bit off topic, but like go watch the video of Joel Erickson Eck blocking three straight slap shots from Shea Weber. You want to talk about a fucking Ooh. nut? Puts him right in the same spot every time, and he's just like, and you can hear the announcer just like, "Oh my god, why are you still standing?" I feel like I remember this. Yeah, yeah, it was like I think like three or four years ago, and. They were just like, oh, my God, why is he still standing there? And, again, it's just – it's like the Al McKinnis thing or even like a guy like Shea Weber, Chara. When you wind up and take shots like that and you start blocking them, you feel it. You you might second-guess yourself next time you want to get in the way, and that's going to open lanes because it's going to freeze someone whether, they're, whether or not they want to really block that shot or not. So I think that's good that he's showing a little bit more of a – Kind of like the alpha mentality. He's kind of wanting to take over and take shots. So that's good. Good way to end the period, too. All right. And then, uh, so going into the second period, the good guys were up one to nothing. Um, now, the second period was like, it wasn't our best period. Uh, Tarasenko, though, did get an early goal uh, on a pass from Falk. Just talk about vintage Tarasenko. Vintage low, I think it was a low glove shot, but just a twisted wristy. That it, it, no one has a chance to stop. That's the kind of stuff we need to see out of him. Is those kind of shots? I mean, it's unstoppable. And then, uh, yeah, that that goal was short lived though, because um, Nyquist and Jenner came by to respond. Uh, they they scored. I forget how long after that it was. Um, a play where like Pareko took a puck off the stick and like 
right up in the face and all like he was leaking like he went straight to the bench when that play was over i think it was over right after it hit him in the face i've dead dead play. i don't remember what exactly happened but um yeah he went to the bench and just grabbed a towel and that towel was red not long after yeah, yeah i think he took a i think he took a chop right in the nose and he was he was gushing pretty bad but yeah it was a really quick response and then Again, I mean, they get another one right after that. I think it was like 18 seconds after that. Yeah, 18 seconds. So 221 in the period was the Nyquist goal, and then Corrali, 18 seconds later. Uh, Kyrie got roasted, uh, ju- just really got beat. He was he was the last defender, though, so I don't really know what happened on the play to where um, there were two defenders that were ahead of him. But um, it was a nice short side shelf goal and just a bra- bad breakdown defensively. I think Bennington was looking to make a poke check also. And oh, like that was the tackle. Yeah. 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 He he gambled a little bit and, you know, goes down a little early and he goes short side shelf on him. So, I mean, can't really blame him. Corrali is a blues killer. I mean, we he was amazing in the playoffs that we played him in 2019 when he was with Boston. So, he just keeps it going. Yeah. And, I mean, the rest of that period, like I said, it wasn't a great period to talk about. Um, it was a bad Real scrambly period. Yeah, it, it was pretty ugly for the majority of it. Um, there was a bad call on Jenner for slashing, uh, but we finally got a break. Our power play got out there. Um, now, we were ch- kind of talking about this last week on what we thought the power play units were going to look like, and I don't, I don't think either of us really nailed it. I think you were probably closer of the two of us, though. Yeah, so they... We found out that they go with, so the the power play units were Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, Brandon Saad, Falk, and Kairou. So I can't exactly remember. I again, my memory is so bad, but like I I think I wanted ROR on the first power play to be the center, but you know I think it's okay to split them up because they have Thomas playing center on the first. But they did take you know putting Kairou on the second power play and not like overloading the first one. I think I kind of like that because then the other one was it was Barbashev, Buchnevich, Tarasenko, Thomas, and Krug. Yeah. So I mean, I, you want to talk about depth again? I mean, I, when you can have Shin, Sod, and Rowar and Kairu on your second power play, it's pretty decent. Like the that depth. is pretty sick. Uh, the only thing I think with like having Thomas and O'Reilly on two separate lines, both of them being centers, O'Reilly obviously is just one of the best face-off guys in the league. And then Thomas isn't far behind him. Like, I, I think last year he was definitely second on the team. And even the year before that, like, he, he's he's quite the face-off wizard himself. Um, But, yeah, uh, no power play goal on that power play. Uh, we were one for two at that point. Um, but then at the end of the period that we kind of finally caught a, you know, a gust of wind and we started buzzing. Uh, gained some momentum going into the third. Uh, we were getting outshot 18 to nine at one point, but finished the period uh, only being outshot 19 to 17. So I mean, yeah. that was a big like. I remember that at one point in like, uh, like a one minute span with like two minutes to go in the period, we score we shot more shots on net than we did the entire first period. Yeah, and. Like that second period at the end, like that last like two to three minutes, it was five on five the whole time, and yet we were literally controlling the puck the entire 
time in their zone. And it like, I think at one point the Columbus had the same line, like the same five guys were out there for, I think it was like a minute and 25, 35 seconds. I mean, just an absolute shit kicking down low. And it was, we, I think at one, we, we had three different lines that rotated to go out there. Like, and it was just, it was just an absolute shit kicking. We didn't score, but it generated a lot of momentum that obviously carried into the third. So when they go into the third, it's two to two to start. Um, Bennington was sharp early. I mean, he was Columbus still had a little bit of momentum that they had gained in the second from those two goals, but Bennington definitely held us in that period early on. He made a a really good save early on um, when we couldn't clear it out and kind of, you know, relieved the pressure and kind of kept it held down. Um, And then, Really, nothing happens until about the 10-minute mark into the third period. The floodgates just opened. And this is the kind of thing I'm talking about with with depth of our team. When we're playing teams like Columbus or like, you know, when we talk about the Seattle game coming up on Saturday or on Wednesday, we are so deep. Like, it should be like this. Like, teams may get a couple goals on us and tie a game up, but eventually they're going to run out of gas because they don't have the guys that can skate with us the entire time. And we're just that deep. Like, we could send out four lines, and one of them's going to score. And that's what happened. And I think it was two or three different lines scored uh, coming down the stretch after that 10-minute mark. And I was reading, like, a um, like a game recap blog. And blog? Blog? And uh, they were talking about the third line being out there of, you know, with Barbashev and Shen and uh, who else is on that third line? But yeah, they were just talking about the third line and how they're like, oh, you, you know, you're not going to uh, expect much. Oh, Barbashev, Shin, and uh, Jake Neighbors. You're not going to expect much scoring out of uh, our third line. And then you get two goals in 20 seconds from two guys on the third line and yeah. uh, Shin and Neighbors. So yeah, Bar- Barbie scores. Uh, th- this play was like a really good entry into the zone. Uh, you know, it was accomplished by great passing uh, from Booch to Shen and then Shen to Barbashev. And I believe Barbashev even started it, getting it back yeah. to Booch. Barbashev was kind of cheating at the uh, at the blue line, getting ready to enter into the zone. Um, yeah, they just kind of tic-tac-toed it around and then just a one-timer to make it 3-2. to two. Yeah, Merzlikens had no chance. I mean, they were moving. The, like, I mean, his head, he probably had a crick in his neck after looking at the puck like that. And, I mean, the, like I said, like the entire – end of the second period we were doing that and then in the third after you know you get a pick me up by Jordan Bennington keeping you in and then keeping the pressure on it just eventually like Merzlikens cracked like he, he definitely cracked and that was a great goal by Barbashev for sure and talking about Merzlikens cracking uh 20 seconds after that goal uh Braden Shin dishes the puck uh to Letty who first like evaded a defender and then gets the puck to Jake Neighbors right in the slot. He's you know he's got a little bit of speed going up the slot, uh, and then he beats another defender one on one going from the forehand to the backhand. While beating that defender, he also uh, broke Elvis Merzlikens' back trying to <laughs> figure out where the hell the puck was going, and then dished it backhand on the right side of the net and uh, made it four to two. Yeah, it was a nasty goal by Neighbors. His first of the season, his second career goal. Um, I think he scored like almost a year to the date last year. Um, and just, I mean, it's really good for him. I mean, 
we always we we keep talking about whether or not he's going to stay with the team. If he keeps doing stuff like that, and especially playing, he's insulated on a line. Like I know I wanted him to play in the top six. I think we both really wanted to see him get top six minutes. But I think him playing with guys like Barbashev and and Shen that are going to go down there and grind and get the puck for him. It's it's just going to be great for him. So we'll see if he can last more than nine games. But if he keeps doing this, it's going to be a really easy decision. It's going to be a no-brainer. So Braden Shen, you know, to me, he's kind of just that odd man out. Like, I think on almost any team in the NHL, he's a top-six player. Like You know what he reminds me of? Like, without not being the same age, obviously, but he kind of reminds me in 2018-19 of Alex Steen. Like, he's so good, but you know his role is going to be, like, you know you can put him on any line, and he's going to make that line better. And I think he's going to be able to take this third line to a, like to new heights with with guys like neighbors and Barbashev who can definitely move better than him, but he can do more of the other things that they won't do. Yeah, that is one thing about Shen. He has slowed down over the past couple of years. Um, not like he was ever the fastest guy in the world anyway. But like I said, he's pretty much a top six player uh, on any team in the NHL. He's just kind of the odd man out with, you know, this lineup that we have. Uh, but then, uh, you know, Ivan Barbashev is not, not a stranger to – you know, possibly be in top six either. Uh, he he played for a little bit on like that all Russian line last year. I think he centered it between Buchnevich and Tarasenko. That was a sick line for a short amount yeah. of time. And then uh, Jake Neighbors, yeah, just being this young stud, uh, you know, just a giant. And uh, on top of that, what you were talking about that goal being, you know, his second uh, goal in the NHL. His family was in attendance for this one. Like that, that was really Love cool. That. So Love cool. That. Uh, but then, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on the rest of that period, but then, uh, to finish things off, to really put the nail in the coffin, um, with about a minute and I think it was minute 31 left in the game. Um, you know, we had a face off in the neutral zone. Uh, the, I think the jackets kind of won that face off and then they started like moving the puck around a little bit. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens was kind of like getting the signal like, all right, time to skate off the ice, head to the bench, and we're going to pull the extra man. He got about one stride, maybe two strides into that skate to the bench. Tarasenko just somehow, I didn't even see how it happened. He just somehow came up with the puck in the neutral zone, whipped it on net, and there we go, five to two. Well, it's not an empty netter. And, like, I, I mean, I, I, as much it as... It is, but it isn't. Yeah, like, Merzlikens just went a little bit, little bit too premature. I think it's, it's always... It's always weird for goalies, I feel like, and I'm, I've never played goalie, but, like, to me, I would not leave the net at all until the puck is either over the red line, which I guess is technically not the red line, but it's over center, or at least in the zone. I mean, it's not like they, it's not like there was 40 seconds left. There was a minute and a half. Like, yeah. they still had time. I think he just went a little early, and I, at first, I was like, man, that goal was ugly, because it went, like, he got a piece of it still, and it went off of him and goes in. Uh, maybe he didn't get a piece of it, but it looked like to me like it kind of went off him because he was recovering to get back. But then you made the point in the text chain. You were like, ah, he was leaving. Like he, he got, he kind of got caught. So it, it, it kind of makes sense, but you can't leave that early. Like you gotta, you gotta make sure the puck is either going into the zone for sure, or it is already there. You can't leave that early. So that's just a, you know, just a small mistake that we end up capitalizing on. And like you said, it put the nail in the coffin for the five, two win. 5-2 win, and uh, 
So the three stars of the game, which I was a little surprised. We had one kind of snub, at least yeah. in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But it was cool that uh, the three stars all Russian. So uh, Buchnevich had uh, one goal and one assist. Uh, he was a plus three on the night with four shots. Tarasenko, two goals on four shots. And uh, Barbashev taking that third star, one goal, two assists. Uh, two shots, a hit, a block, and two takeaways. So he had a good defensive game as well. The snub to me, and I, I'm guessing you probably had the same guy, Jake Neighbors, man. Yeah, like I, I wanted to see Neighbors at least get the first or se- or first or second star. I mean, I yeah. get that Buchnevich, like he has the, you know, he has two points, and you know, with the plus three, that's pretty good. But I mean, come on, like the three stars to me is a PR move. Get Jake yeah, Neighbors, 100%. like out there at least at second star. I mean, I, but again, I, I don't want to snub any three of these guys. They all had great games, especially Barbashev. Like Barbashev had himself like a, like a Russell Westbrook type of game, like a triple double, like, yeah. had, you know, the goal, you know, with the assist, he kind of missed out, but then, you know, plus two, two shots on goal, a hit, a block or two, you know, a block and two takeaways. I mean, it's like, it's okay to make it more hockey relatable. It's like a Pavel Datsuk game. Yeah. Or I was going to even say minus minus a fight and minus an assist, but still uh, Gordy Howe-esque. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, but yeah, I, I did feel that Neighbors was snubbed, and I was watching with my buddy James, and he was like, how does Neighbors not get in the top, not get in the three stars? I'm like, I don't I don't know. Maybe because it was we were already ahead at the time, and the goal didn't really matter, but still, like to me, the three stars is like a PR type of thing, and it would have been cool to see Jake Neighbors kind of you know, in, in front of his family as well. Right, like, like right. Said. It would have been cool to see him go and talk with Darren Pang after the game. So, I don't know. But still, and all in all, I mean, a pretty good game by us. It was a it was a pretty decent game. I think we could have done some stuff better. I think there were some, obviously some some uh, defensive zone lapses. You know, we were, you know, kind of, uh, what do you, I mean, what do you call it? Like, we had happy feet not getting the puck out quick enough. There were some... You know, some really weird turnovers that we were giving up that luckily Bennington bailed us out of. And for me, I mean, the, the two goals that Bennington gave up, they're really – they're not terrible. They're not stinkers. I mean, the one where he goes for the poke check and goes short. Uh, that was cool. – I'll, I'll say that that was a stinker. So, I mean, he but I'll take that. One, one out of the two goals is fine as long as – but, again, we just need to get adequate goaltending. This team is deep enough. We're going to score goals. And – that's that's just how it went. We ended up just overpowering Columbus at the end. Um, yeah, and you said you know on the defensive side of things how we kind of had some happy feet getting it out of the net. Um, I think another problem that we had was uh, we. Were, I wouldn't even say the first period like had any major problems except for the fact that uh, you only had four shots in the period. Like I said, we we did pretty much dominate that period. Like we, if if you look on time on attack, like I I our. We, I, we probably had double the time on attack that Columbus did. But um, part of that is you just got to get the shots on net one way or another. Yeah, and one other thing that was kind of an issue with neighbors that I saw was that three-on-one that we had, or three, almost like a partial three-on-O, uh, where it was him, Shannon Barbashev. He had a wide-open net and decides to dish it off. You got Oh, yeah, I you forgot about that. It. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't let that opportunity go. That's but again, this is a young kid. I mean, what is he? Twenty years old. Like he's he's gotta just know that when he's got chances like that, the best thing to do is just to put it on net. Especially when you have guys like Shannon Barbashev, who we know where they're going. They're going right to the front of the net. Put it on net. The worst thing that happens is that the goalie covers it up. 
That's and, and, and let them clean up and get a rebound if anything. I mean, it, it's a young it's a young kid being humble. I, I get it, and like he doesn't want to, you know, he maybe he's afraid that Barubi's going to rip on him for you know taking a shot when he had a pass. I don't know. Like that's I guess the, the play that you can make down in juniors, um, but. I, th- there's one more guy that I want to talk about before we wrap this uh, game recap up. Uh, there was a really cool little like 22 second clip that went around after the game from the locker room. You, it was cool because you could hear like the the five horns going off, like you know after they do the three stars and everything to signify that we had five goals that game. Um, Ryan O'Reilly is handing out the game puck. He's uh, you know making a little statement to the guys trying to fire him up. Uh, Torop, Torpchenko gets the game puck and O'Reilly says, you know, just, just incredible feat for you to come back, uh, after them saying that you're going to be out until December and coming and making it opening night, just all the hard work that he put in. Yeah. And can we talk about this real quick? Something that really scares me. I don't want to be negative. I was really glad that Torop played because he, I mean, we've talked about him. We are like the biggest fans of Torupchenko on like in in the city right now. I love Torupchenko, which by the way, switching numbers. I mean, he's wearing number thirteen now, right? And yeah, and like I think he was wearing sixty five last year. So kind of a kind of a different different look there. But the fact that he came back a little early it does scare me a little bit because it's a shoulder surgery problem. You know, he had shoulder surgery. Does this sound familiar? Russian guy. Yeah, another Russian guy, yep. Comes back a little bit too early. I don't know. I, 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 From all looks of it, he looked like he was completely fine. But I just don't want to see it happen again where, you know, maybe we got better doctors this time. And maybe, you know, they actually did the shoulder surgery correctly this time. But, again, really good moment between him and O'Reilly. And I, we're going we're gonna to roll a clip here right now. Thank you guys, I'm very excited to be back and like, let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll. I love it, dude. Like That little Russian accent, I love it. Yeah, I, I think it was a good game. Uh, last roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, and you know what? That's that's one of those things that like I could see the team just really picking up on all season. Like now, now you're gonna just start seeing let's roll clips from the jumbo trying all season long. Like who knows, man? That's that's a great that's a great little thing to build build some momentum on. And like a big meme going around right now is like people making fun of Russell Wilson for saying like Bronco Nation, let's ride, which is like the most cringy thing I've ever heard in my life, um, especially because it's coming from Russell Wilson, who definitely has bodies in his basement. The guy's just weird. But, um, weird. I mean, what if we just end up taking it from him and we're just doing, hey, Blues Nation, let's roll. Like We're just going to do that. And we just hear Torbchenko doing it. I, I could see that, though. Just don't make it a meme because I actually like this. Like this is I think I could see it being like the like the roar bacon or the uh, the rally squirrel or the Gloria type of thing. You know, after every game, you know they're just they just start making fun of them. Let's roll. Yeah, I mean this the, this could really be something to build off of. I, I, I'm excited to see if they actually take it into fruition. Um, all right, now let's talk uh, our next game. Like we said, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, another 
few more days that we got to wait to play uh, the only game in the the only team in the league with one game played. It's ridiculous. But we'll, we got to wait till Wednesday, and uh, you got to wait all day Wednesday. We're not going to drop the puck until nine o'clock. Uh, game in Seattle, and if you're a local uh, station guy, Bally Sports, you won't be able to watch the game. It's on TNT. You got to have that cable package. Um, so. Yeah, we'll be taking on the Kraken Wednesday night in Seattle, nine o'clock start. Uh, Kraken are one one and one to start the season. That's that's a nice not number terrible. to look at. Yeah, not not terrible for the Kraken. Uh, center Maddie Beneers uh, leads the team in scoring with four points, one goal, three assists in their three games that they've played so far. I um, have a little little tidbit with him to kind of go in with that since you brought up Beneers. Um, if you don't, if you want to find out these like little like like those weird statistics, follow PR underscore NHL on Instagram. They give these really cool stats, and there was one that came up about Maddie Beneers. Um, Beneers over the weekend became the sixth player in the league's modern era, so that's since 1943-44, to find the score sheet in at least 11 of his first 12 career NHL games. He also joined Joe Sackick, Dmitry Kvartalnov, And Jonathan Taves, Rob Gaudreau, and Timu Solani, who did that. And he's the third teenager in league history to do that feat. Um, I, I mean, the kid, we talked about him in our preview. The kid's a freak. Like, I mean, there's no reason this kid can't be one of the top players in the league. So that's one one guy we have to – that's one guy you got to game plan around with Seattle, that's for sure. When you go into the crack house and you're dealing with all them crackhead fans, I mean, you, like – yeah, I know. That's really cringy. I know. I know you don't like that at all. But I, I will I mean, say that that's a pretty good list of names to be a part of, uh, you know, with Sackick and Solani and stuff. But uh, that that Kvartkanov, is that what you said? Kvartkanov guy? I don't know about him. <laughs> Kvartkanov. I don't know. That's like, dude, <laughs> Russian names are super hard, man. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. And then uh, with the Kraken, uh, former blue, Jaden Schwartz, uh, he leads the team in goals. Uh, he has two goals, three points total in the three games played. So that's good to see him having some su- success up there. And uh, we will also get a chance to see uh, former Blue and uh, fan favorite Vince Dunn. Yeah. I mean, I loved Vince Dunn when he was here. I was re-watching the, uh, like the director's cut of the like Stanley Cup celebration the other day. And there was like a – I never knew that this existed, but like Vince Dunn was like – Walking down, like, you know, walking down Clark or Market, wherever they were walking down 14th, whatever street it was, I don't fucking know. And uh, basically just goes up to the crowd and just asks for a bag of chips. And he's just walking down the, uh, just walking down the road, just chowing down on chips and just looking at the crowd and sprays them with champagne. It was just like another, like, like nostalgia thing. Like, oh my God, I really do miss the guy. He was awesome. I mean, he's a warrior. So it's going to be cool to see those two guys again. That's for sure. One thing we forgot to mention in our previews, um, and this is definitely on us. Like, you know, this is on us. Um, we forgot that Martin Jones is the backup goalie to Philip Grubauer. And we did not mention that. Now there's a reason for that. Martin Jones stinks. He's terrible. But as I was mean, say, is, is that something we forgot to mention or did we purposely not mention that? Goalie gate, goalie gate on the talking blue notes pod. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just to kind of CYOA cover our own asses here. Uh, Martin Jones is the backup goalie there, so I don't remember who we said was the backup, but either way, I mean, I don't know how you think it should go. We kind of went over the first ten games and how they should go. This should be again 
Seattle may be able to hang in there with us, but I don't see any reason that the depth doesn't take over. This should be a dub. We should be 2-0 and after Wednesday night. I'm hoping for like a... Uh... I don't know, like a six to one win. You know, maybe maybe Jaden Schwartz events done gets a nice little goal. Everybody can celebrate them. You know, their little homecoming or well, you know, us visiting them. But uh, yeah, other than that, let's just let's just tear them a new one, right them to the ground. Yeah, I feel like there's no reason that we shouldn't just absolutely kick them. Into Cage the up that Kraken. We're yeah. not releasing anything over the crack house sending the crackheads home um and uh, i think what's going to be cool is like to see we're you know we're going to see some pictures of like jaden schwartz and and shen and all the guys that like are reuniting they're going to go to dinner you know they're probably going to do something seaside in seattle you know something that's a really good vibe so i mean that's really cool though like just to see that those guys but again seattle's just a team that every time we play them it should just be an automatic chalk it up to a dub Yep, and and one more guy that like we were talking about Vince Dunn. My my wife always had like a little crush on him. Oh, he's got those oh, dreamy yeah. eyes. <laughs> of course she did. All right, let's wrap up this blues talk. Uh, we got a couple more little segments to get to. Um, our Hall of Fame segment returning for the second week. I, I think uh, I got a little bit of good feedback on that. We had a nice little Instagram posts. Uh, I think. On your side, you won. On my side, I won. You know, our own followers giving us each other, our ourselves some love. Um, Let me say this now, about, our, about our last Hall of Fame. So I had a, an, a DM from my buddy, uh, shout out VJ Bomarito, uh, send me, uh, replies to my story and sees like all three, you know, because we obviously picked our three favorite restaurants in St. Louis, our Hall of Fame. And he said, oof. You guys both took L's on this one. And I was like, what? I was like, there's no way that you hate all six of these. Like, there's no way. And I was like, the slander. I was like, what restaurants did we honestly miss? He goes, honestly, you just missed my uncle's, my dad. Like, it's his family's place. His dad and his uncle own it. His grandpa started. It's called Gian Tony's out in, uh, right off 55. I've heard of them. You know, I've never been there. Uh, I think uh, the Rizzuto show, they talk about them every once in a while. So, we're going to add that to our honorable mentions, but he was like, other than, he goes, other than that, I love your guys' choices. And I was like, what the fuck? He slandered my, slandered our, our list. It's like, well, you forgot to put my definitely unbiased opinion, you know, family's restaurant in there. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool by VJ to reach out and tell us that. But yeah, I took the win on our side or on my side. And I think you took the win on your side. So we just need more fan involvement. That's all we need. We just need yeah, more. We- we 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 got to get people to actually vote on the page on the Instagram pages, uh, you know, vote list. Um, but I, you know, we were kind of talking about what we wanted to do this week, and you you put something out there. I don't really remember what it was, and then I was like, well, you know, I have one kind of in the books. We can save it for whenever. And you're like, oh, I really like that. Um, so my Hall of Fame idea this week was uh, our blues related um, for some of a golf group now three more players, including yourself. Um, you kind of had a little spin that you wanted to put on this foursome? Yeah, so what, what we're basically going to do is pick, like, we're going to pick three people who we'd want to play golf with that have to do with the Blues. And we came up with a little thing that is we're each going to pick one former player, one current player, and then one, you can call it like a like a wild card or an affiliate, like a media member, like an announcer 
He has something to do with the Blues. Yeah, like someone who's synonymous with the Blues that doesn't play with them. Like, uh, not a player. So someone who's like, oh, you know, when you hear their name, like, oh, yeah, I think of the Blues. So, yeah, one fir- one former player, one current player, and um, one affiliate, one wild card. All right, and I guess I'll go ahead and start us off. Um, Are we going to do this the I- same way we did it last week? Are we going to do one and one? Are we going to do... Let's do one and one. I think that's the best way to do it. Okay. Hey, and uh, I, w- I will call a bit of shenanigans on uh, last week's Hall of Fame. When you put the- when you made the, uh, the the visual, put it out on Instagram, you had my three and one flip-flopped. Shenanigans. I, d- I didn't even realize it. I was just putting them <laughs> in the way that I heard them. I put it in there the way I heard them and went you, down. I should. You had my n- my number one. Yeah, you did. You did Annie Guns as number three. I'm like that son of a bitch. I put, mine, I put mine in the same order though. So <laughs> oh, I didn't have to call Annie on my <laughs> like, own. Well, either way, either way, we're on to a new list. Uh, so do you want to start current player first? Uh, yeah. Let's do let's do current player, former player, and then we'll do uh the Our wild affiliate. Card slash affiliate okay. At the end. Yeah. All right. My current player is. Uh, I think the guy with probably the most personality on the team right now, uh, Bobby Bortuzzo. Okay, that is not what I expected out of you, not at all. I do like it. That, that'd be a lot of chatter going, a lot of you knows. You knows, you knows, Bobby, you know. Uh, you know, you got to line up and hit the shot. You know, your feet are, you know, facing the wrong, you know, way. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I think Bobby Bortuzzo is just, you know, a, a bucket full of energy. He's got a lot of personality. Dude, I love, like, so I mentioned whenever I take my uh, my son and nephew and little brother and stuff down to the Blues game, we go sit up by the ice. You you watch Bobby Bortuzzo in warm-ups, and, you know, they got that warm-up music playing, and, all oh, he is just grooving into it. His head is nodding up and down. It's You know, he just feels it in his bones, so he's vibing. Um not only that, but he's just like one of those like stand up guys will have your back through anything. Like I feel like if you know there you know, every once in a while you get in those heated moments on the golf course with another group that's like either hitting into you or you accidentally yeah. hit into another group and maybe they want to fight you. I think Bobby Bortz is gonna be the first guy to just stand up for you and be like, Oh <laughs> F you, you know, all this and uh, you know, he'll he'll get out and block block any shot. He'll put his face on the line to block a shot. And I, I just think he's going to be a good addition. If you if you hit one of your one of your balls into the woods, he'd be a guy. that would be like, hey, you know, why don't we just drop you know a ball right here? Give you the little foot wedge, the little friendly foot wedge. You know what he'd be really good for that I do agree with you with is he'd be like the glue guy in the like with the cart. Like you know, if you're playing like you four versus another four, he'd be the morale guy. Like, come on, boys, you know we gotta we gotta you know we gotta get this going. Like we gotta get the he'd play the good music. He'd start vibing. He'd like pass around some beers. Bobby Bortz would definitely have the aux cord in my golf cart. A thousand percent. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. That's that's not where I thought you were gonna go. Now this was the hardest choice for me to be honest to find a current player that I'd want to play golf with. So in my foursome, my current player would have to be, I'm down to two and I was thinking about it the entire podcast, but I'm going to go with Torbchenko. I want Torbchenko in my group. I want to get to know this guy. I want to see what okay. he's all about. Okay. I like and this. Especially after, after the, uh, the video that came out the other day, I want to see what that guy's like on the golf course. Now they do a golf tournament every year, like in the summertime. 
And I know that they were talking about, I, I don't know if he was playing, but they were all asking, like, who's the worst? And they were like, oh, Torup's the worst. <laughs> like, just, just a guy that you know you can go out there and beat out on the golf yeah, course. Yeah, like, yeah, so I need one guy that, uh, you know, I could definitely, like, relate to. You know, every time you hit a ball, I go, oh, fuck, ball go, ball go right. Like, you know, something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, I would want Torupchenko just for the personality. I, and, again, he's slowly and sh- but surely becoming, like, my favorite player on the team. So he's I'm definitely a fan him. favorite. Yeah, he's gonna. He's de- if he's not now, he's going to be, and we're gonna help that. Torbchenko is gonna be my current player. Uh, do you want to snake it? You want me to go next, or you want to do, or do you want? Yeah, we can snake. I'm down with that. I like that. Right, I'll snake it. So my uh, this is a chalk ass pick for sure. My uh, my former player. I'm taking Brett Hall, man. Like I mean, I gotta have Brett Hall in my cart. He's riding in my cart. And I'm getting that man talking about everything, especially like with the whole Cam and Strick podcast with how much he went off last week on that podcast. I want to hear this guy when he's had a few drinks in him and maybe maybe some uh, maybe some vitamins that are rolled up into like a white <laughs> piece of paper. You know, maybe you know, give him a joint or two. I want to see what this guy and again I need He's to got his own head. strand now. He does have his own strain of marijuana. Like and he and he's, do- he's doing it with, like, a bunch of people from St. Louis, apparently, like Kelly Chase, uh, Jackman's involved. So, like, yeah, I think Brett Hall would just be great vibes. Now, you said he might be a little bit too much to handle. I do. So, I you know, that. Brett Hall, you know, like you said, get him. Ta- you're going to get him talking, especially, like, that was Cam and Strick with a mic and with a recording. What's he going to say when he doesn't have a mic in front of his face? I mean, he's just going to be letting it all hang out in one way or another. Um, but, want. yeah, I, I love Brett Hall. You know, Gloria, you know, his whole, like, I was I was 10, uh, you know, in a mob of 10 people back from him at the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, celebration parade. He was just a shit show, dude. And, like, as much as I love the legend and the the – just yeah the the absolute legend of Brett Hall like I don't know if I can handle him for 18 holes (laughs) I I think it would be like right up my alley I'd be like holy shit I did and I'd antagonize him like I would just be like oh yeah I'd keep Holly going you know so I and the other thing the other reason is like he's one of the best golfers like that's ever wore a St. Louis Blues uniform is he really I have to have someone that carries me I have to have someone that carries our team. So, you know, we got me and Tore up, you know, hitting balls left and right, spraying and praying. And then we got Brett Hall, our trusty guy that, you know, would hit balls down the fairway every time. So he hosted uh, his own golf tournament um, earlier this year. I think it was in like March or April or May or something like that. Uh, I had some buddies from work that played in that, and I I had the chance to play in it, and I really wish I would have. I would have had a burnt vacation day for it, though. Um, So I decided not to. But next year, dude, like – if he does it again, it was at Bear Creek, so we both played that course a handful of times. Like, we should definitely try and play in that because that looked like an all time. Like, I think it was like it was kind of expensive. I think it was like one hundred and sixty dollars a player, but I mean, so what? That's a golf tournament. You're gonna have yeah. all the booze. You know, it's all booze, all food, and everything. All food let's from the junction house. Yeah, let's let's try and uh, let's try and get a day off and play in that next year. For sure, hundred percent. All right, who's all right the now. I will go with my former player. Um, this is kind of like a, a, a cheese ball pick, but I think it's a pick that needs to be made. Um, I've met this guy a few times uh, before he sadly passed away, uh, Bobby Plager. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Now, Bob, Bobby, is he's not going to be, you know, necessarily 
the the full energy vibes guy but uh he brings what the vibes that he does bring are the right kind of vibes uh i've like i said i've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him like i don't know like really I've, I've i've crossed by him in the concourse like a handful of times but like i've you know gotten to talk to him for whatever it was 30 to 45 seconds to a minute you know once or twice and you know just just a super cool guy like you know all the interviews that he's done any fan interaction that he ever has he'll he won't just brush you off he'll he'll shake your hand he'll reach out shake your hand um and you know just He's been with the Blues since day one, so just the history of the entire team, every every player that's ever worn a Blues uniform, Bobby Plager has had an impact on, and you know, just countless stories. Everything with Bobby Plager is just fascinating to me, and I'd love to, you know, share eighteen holes with him. I can't even argue with that pick. I think that's one of the best picks you can make, and like again. I'll just echo what you said is pretty much every story you hear about him is that he's the nicest guy ever. He took so much time, you know, to, you know, he, he basically helped build this alumni association that yeah. the St. Louis blues are like world renowned for league renowned, at least, you know, probably the best alumni association in the league. So, I mean, they, you can't go wrong with Bobby Plager. And I think the legend got even bigger when he passed. Like, I think it just, it's going to keep going. And, um, you know, I think every every time that the Blues are going out there and winning, I think it's always the do it for Bobby. You know, I think that's always a big thing with them. That's for sure. And, and you think about like one one of the coolest moments I ever remember. Um, you know, with Bobby Player involved is the when he got his banner retired, his number yes. retired, and and his brother Barkley's banner came down and met him halfway and just started rising back up with him like. I'm not much of a tearjerker guy, but boy, were my eyes all swelled up when that happened. That was so cool. Yeah, 100%. Now, I guess since we're doing a little snake draft, uh, it'll be my pick again for my number three. And this one, uh, what did we Oh, our affiliate pick. Yeah. You you knew who this one was right off the bat. I think I mentioned it uh, last episode. I already said it. This, yeah. this is one guy that has anything to do with the Blues that I would love to play 18 holes with Darren Pang legend I fr- I freaking love Darren Pang uh, like he was going through that whole contract thing um where if he was gonna I'm sure this was like when he started hearing some talks about the new uh TV deal that was gonna be happening um he was due up for his new contract with uh Fox Sports and now Bally Sports um and I was so excited that he signed that extension with them because Darren Pang is just a St. Louis treasure. Like, yes, he's not from St. Louis. Yes, he never wore a Blues uniform, but he loves the city. Played for Chicago. Yeah, played, played for the Hawks, and he was a terrible goalie, but one of the shortest goalies to ever play. But, um, you know, besides that, like, dude, like, he's just a legend. First off, I'll say he's an absolute stick on the golf course. Yeah. He has a, cu- a couple hole in ones, one of them at the iconic course, uh, 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 cliffs, uh, shit. What is the name of that course? It's up in can Cabot cliffs in Canada. Like it's oh, one yeah. of the, yeah. it's one of the most renowned par three. The hole that he got it on is one of the most renowned par threes in the entire world. Like, I think it's like in the top 10 and he, like a aced- to that, 
like that whole seven or whole eight, whatever it is at Pebble Beach. Like Pebble, I think it's six on Pebble, but yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty equivalent to that. But like this is more like like I remember seeing the picture when he got it. He got the flag from the hole, and like it was just real, like you know that like almost like England esque kind of like background where you got the cliffs, you got the waves clashing and crashing in the cliffs, just that dark kind of gloomy sky, but. Just yep. an all-time golf round, I'm sure of it. Um, yeah, I, I freaking love Darren Pang. He he's 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 corny, but just enough to where it doesn't get too much. Like like I'm corny, I'm a freaking cheese ball, but I think there's like a way to do it right. Like you don't want a guy that's gonna be like, you know, all these stupid corny jokes that are just over the top, like holy jumping man like you know stuff like that like and 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 i don't think there's a negative bone in that guy's body he will just compliment every golf shot that i was just gonna say that like even if you hit a ball like straight right he'd be like holy jumping joe that's a good shot we'll find it (laughs) yeah right 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 but yeah darren pang you know he's st louis treasure and and i'll take him in my threesome any day i you know and and over over bobby bortuzzo and well I mean, this is kind of dark to say this since he's passed, but you know, over over Bob Plager, I like Darren Pang is my favorite personality to do with the Blues. I love that man, and uh, uh, just to like give you even more props is like he's an all time vibes guy. He's the vibes yes. guy that you need. He's the guy that you know, even when you're you know, if you're playing a scramble, he'd be like, okay, Joe, you're gonna get this one. You're gonna hold this one, and eventually you're going to like. I feel like you just play that much better with a guy like that behind you. So. Either that or even if I miss, he'll find something positive to spin in. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. All right, mine is uh, my affiliate pick. This was tough because I wanted to go with – I wanted to go with one. I think you called it, but, like, I think he's a little bit too corny, like you said. Like, the the pick I was originally going to go with was a little too corny. I love Vitaly. I think he's an awesome guy. I think he's just a little bit too over the top sometimes. <laughs> he's just a little like he just lets his like he has good one liners and then like he'll just go a little bit too far. Right. So that's there. your third pick. No, it's not my third pick. Oh, OK. With, OK. I'm going with his partner. I'm going with Chris Kerber. I want Chris Kerber oh, in, my, yeah. in my foursome because I want for one, if, if nothing else, I want him to stand behind me and be like, okay, here comes DeGrand up to the tees. Had a real rough day, and oh my goodness, what a shot that was. I just want to, just, I want to hear him announce my shots. And he just seems like a really nice guy. I've actually met him on the concourse before, too. Yeah. Uh, just going and getting a beer and just said, oh, Chris Kerber. And it was like during a preseason game, and he stopped and talked to me and my group, and he's just a really nice guy. And it just seems like he, it would, he'd be an awesome guy to you know, have lug around in your cart all day. Yeah, Curbs Curbs is a legend. I definitely thought about having him on my list. Uh, I, I like I said, I've said this probably twenty times now in this six episode podcast. But um, I listen to the Rizzuto show every morning, and uh, once a week he get, he comes on the Rizzuto show and and you know gives like a five to ten minute little update on the team. And Curbs is just you know he's is one of the nicest guys you'll ever talk to. Uh, you know he he really reminds you of your like. A, a standard dad like he's a very yeah. dad-like person um you know Which same thing like one of those in your group like you always need like one yeah. like dad type guy in your group that's for sure yeah 100 percent. and and like same with like uh how darren pang you know is gonna try and build you up maybe after you hit a bad shot kerber's gonna do the same thing 100 percent. so I, I i do really like that pick yeah so we'll post those uh so again 
Uh, I had Brett Hall, Toropchenko, and Chris Kerber, and you had Darren Pang, Bortuzzo, and Bobby Plager. Yep. I have a feeling I know who's going to win this one for some reason. I think you tugged on the heartstrings enough to get the win here. I sure did. I'm, still, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still confident that I can maybe get some votes. In How here. could you not so, vote for Bobby Player? I know, right? Man, you beat me on that one. Um, okay, so the next thing we want to move to is our uh, NFL pick em that we want to get into. Um, we had a bad weekend, man. Just a bad weekend for both of us. Yeah, not good. Uh, so... For week six of the NFL, <laughs> I thought I thought I picked a for sure win. Like I said last week, yeah. I was going for the easy dub early, try and get the lead early, and then uh, I could fall off later. 49ers lost to the freaking Falcons. Are you kidding me? The Falcons stink, dude. And the Falcons got, stink. And they got pounded. They didn't just lose. They got beat real bad. Yeah, like oh my god, and and the Niners like well, they they almost made it to the Super Bowl last year. And, yeah, I, and they're I, one of the know. best teams this year. That's for sure. They're a great team. But I, I mean, it's not like I can laugh at you because I picked the Browns to beat the Patriots, who also stink. But I mean, apparently the New England Patriots have a quarterback controversy. They got Bailey Zappi now. Zappi. Because I'm zappy. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, maybe I went a little too far cheese ball on that one. Okay, Vitaly, easy. Um, so, we, yeah, I picked the Browns last week, and the Browns got beat by the Patriots, man. So we both had a rough week. Uh, we're both at one and two at this point. So let's start in week six. So last week you picked the 49ers, which that was a loss. So, Joe, who do you got this week in week seven? Uh, so week seven, I got Dolphins over Steelers. Tua is back, baby. Uh, he had that scary yeah, hit, like the the oh man, where his like fingers were crossing. He like tensed up really bad, it, like hit, and then he hit his head. Concussion protocol. Uh, that was like a big story going on. I think that was week five when he took that second one. But he took a, a hit the week before that where he shouldn't have even played week five and week four. He was super wobbly. Like that was again. I can't remember who that was against, but he he took a pretty big hit. Gets up and like basically like his knees buckle. And then the next week he takes that hit against the Bengals. Gets slammed. And yeah. the thing that I'm worried about with him, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but don't you think he's coming back too soon? Because like the thing is, he got thrown down. They found no structural damage. But when you have no structural damage and that kind of stuff happens, I feel like that's even scarier. Like, I'd rather it be, like, a broken vertebrae or, like, something like that. I mean, obviously, you don't want anything to happen. But I feel like if you have no damage, like, really all you can assume is, like, he has a really, like, susceptible – like, he's susceptible to concussions. Like, yeah. Really badly. Yeah, that first injury, like, when we said it, it, like, he probably shouldn't have played the next week. Like, they were like, oh, you know, no, it's not his head. It's just his, like, neck and back. shoulder and back his or something. Back. Yeah. And, and then it's they like, fired uh, the doctor the week after. Yeah. Well, and then they implemented, like, a new rule in the NFL that's, like, already seen a couple quarterbacks, like, get taken out of a game for it. Like, they call it the wobble rule. I, I don't know if it's officially called that, but, like, every everybody I listen to, like, they're saying there's a wobble spotter out there. Like, so just looking for the guys doing, like, the Bernie, the wobble. Wobble, baby. Wobble. <laughs> Take them out of the game. All right. Now, uh, week seven, who do you have, Zach? I'm going with a team that, and again, man, I'm so stupid. Like, I keep making these, like, I could take the Eagles. I could take any other team. 
But I'm taking the Jets, man. I'm taking the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 to take out Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. And I think they're on the road. The Broncos stink. Like, I mean, I don't know what the score is right now. I know they're playing right now. Uh, just just as a little side note, I have the Broncos game on in the background on mute. Uh, actually, we may have heard it come off of mute like twice during the podcast. My bad. Um, I fixed that real quick. But uh, they're 16 to 16 in overtime against the Chargers right now. And wow. I, I need the Broncos to win. Uh, as I've talked about since I think uh, episode one of this, I have that's how we started this little pick them thing is i have a pick them with my buddies um if the broncos win which obviously nobody else in my league picked the broncos uh i tie for the win this week and then it goes down to points so i need uh at least 41 points which 16 to 16 that's 32 it's gonna be hard to get above 41 yeah it's gonna be tough unless they like and and at the nfl someone scores a touchdown it's not like college like you don't get a second chance yeah so, the NFL overtime rules are really stupid. I mean, we don't have to talk about all that. We're not a football podcast. Uh, we just pick we just pick losers. That's all we do here. So I got the Jets over the Broncos, and you got the Dolphins over the Steelers. So we're both going NFC East or AFC East. Sorry, AFC East. Don't don't ask me conferences in the NFL, dude. <laughs> I have you could tell me any team. I'm like uh, West, East, uh, AFC, NFC, whatever. I don't Joe, know. Joe thinks that the San Francisco 49ers are in the AFC East. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) John, on the other hand, I'm pretty good at. So hopefully after this week, um, we can actually like get back. Hopefully we can get back with our picks. Um, So that's going to be our NFL pick. Now let's move on to our weekly thing of uh, all in or dump and change. And I think we're both going dump and change this week. Um, People are probably going to think we're really negative, but I mean, it's just easier to find dumping changes. I feel like it's hard to get all in on something. All right. Um, yeah, I I got one that really drove me nuts. It's definitely hockey related. So uh, I don't know. Do you want Do you want to start off with this one? Because I, I might need a minute on mine. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start with mine. And it's something I brought up in the beginning of the podcast is uh, I am dumping and changing the NHL scheduling, which, by the way, they stink. They've stunk for years. And like, let me let me just go through this. For one, they have no game. We mentioned before on the podcast or on the, at the beginning of the podcast, no games yesterday, zero games on Sunday, which is you could have at least found a couple games. Like I know Sundays aren't usually like a huge day, like Sundays and Mondays. I know they probably they don't want to compete with football is what I'm assuming they don't want to do. But that's just part of it. Like if you you have to be able to try and compete like you can't just like have no games. But I want to go through the NHL schedule and just tell you how many games are on each Sunday. So there's zero. There was zero this week. There's zero or there was zero on the ninth, zero on the 16th. There's five games on the 23rd and the 30th. Now moving into November, there is three games followed by six, followed by two, followed by five. So I mean, it's not too bad. I'm, I, but I mean, I don't know what they're what they're doing. And but the scheduling thing, I think they're trying out more like Friday night games. In like Monday games, which I know normally is not like a loaded schedule. Normally it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday is when you really get your, your games loaded up. Even Wednesday is not a big day either. So normally it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Well, well Wednesday is kind of like that hockey night in Canada or the Wednesday night rivalry like 
they did yeah. that with the NBC. I'm sure like TNT or whatever is doing that too. Um, Monday night, like that's a, that's a kind of a hard look if you if you're avoiding like the NFL competition. That's a hard look to load up on Monday night games because you got Monday night football. That's like a huge thing in America. So I I really do like the Friday night game look, like Friday night, Saturday night, back to back. Even like I'm all in for that because uh, what's better than you know a weekend of hockey? But um, and, and and you know you don't really have any competition there, like no no football games. Um, but like the no game on Sunday thing, like I I get it, but like maybe throw like one or two games in there, like have a noon game and have because you know people are watching noon NFL, but there's so much going on that it's like you could have all those games on and have the hockey game on at the same time, and then throw like a like a three o'clock game in there. You don't need maybe the, the seven o'clock Sunday night football. Everybody's watching that. So maybe yeah. avoid that, but you know, yeah, I think an afternoon game would be good. And like, the thing is, I feel like a lot of people that watch football, especially nowadays, people have the attention span of a fucking squirrel. And I feel like everyone just watches red zone. Like everyone yeah. just watches like, you know, what's coming up next and all that. And it's always changing. I, I feel like if you put, even like you said, two games on Sunday, that'd be fine. It's not like you're really trying to compete. Um, I mean, you're going to make it up throughout the week anyway with the Tuesday and Thursday, which, you know, they have Thursday night football also. But there's so many – There's again, it's like you could have NFL red zone on this and you could also have, you know, hockey on your laptop or, you know, your other TV, whatever you do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just really – I'm annoyed with the NHL scheduling. It's always been bad, but I really didn't like this Sunday. Just really irked me. I was like, really, I really have to resort to watching only football today. That's it. Yeah, and and so a little segue into my pick here. You said uh, we have the attention span of a squirrel. Um, that kind of gives you an idea of my pick. Uh, we we saw it in you know it's going on for every NHL game right now, but we saw it in some of the other games leading up to the Blues games. But I didn't really notice it too much because I wasn't so focused on those games but uh watching the blues game i'm completely focused on this the live ads on the boards i am dumping and changing those so hard dude those were driving me absolutely nuts did you see the video of the canadian telecast game on sportsnet where like it got all messed up and like the like so like the players were like going over into the corner of the boards and like it like it was like glitching out and you couldn't see the players you could just see the ads. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I feel you here. I don't like them. I don't even get why so why even have like why even have advertisers like the advertisements on the boards already if you're going to on TV just have different ones. Like So I guess point? you only I, it. I guess stuff. it Yeah, I guess it only gets picked yeah, well local stuff too, but I guess it only gets picked up on that like that sideline camera or whatever the the main camera that you see all the action in and it doesn't really get picked up from like the end to end camera or you know the guys down by the glass um but see the thing about it with me is how it just is very distracting like there was one ford ad that like popped up like five six times the the fucking truck is like driving around the fucking boards. I'm like, that is the most annoying and distracting thing that I've ever seen. And then there was like, you know, a few other ones where they would just change. And one of them was like this diamond pattern that just went all the way around. I didn't really see any of like the, how you said, I think you said in like one of those Canadian games, how like the players were in the boards and it glitched. I didn't see any like glitching or anything, which I think was good. Like that they, that really would have pissed me off. But like, 
just to have like movement on the boards that aren't a part of the game, like oh, that just was driving me absolutely crazy. Yeah, and like when I was watching one of the games, I was like, why don't they just have like you know how like during the All Star game and some of the ads on the boards will change. I was like, why don't they just do that then? Why don't they just do live ads? But then I was like, well, the players are probably going to get fucking distracted by that. So that's yeah. probably not a great idea. So I, I really don't know. I, I'm i not like as perturbed by it as you are, but like I'm... I feel like now that I said it, you're going to notice it more. I'm definitely going to notice it more. Now, now I have no choice, so now I have you to blame. <laughs> I'm <you>. sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I do think it's kind of annoying, but dude, we're in the, com- we're in the commercial commercialized state. Speaking of ads, I... Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, and I and I get that. Like, I I understand. I want the league to make as much money as possible. Like the and and you might be getting to this here in a second. I think we already talked about it a little bit, but the the ads like on the on the chest. Like, I don't yeah. I don't mind those. Like, they're not that bad. But go ahead and say what you're gonna say. I was gonna say like with in regards to ads, there was so we we know how we talked about it in one of our podcasts that Toronto is sponsored by milk. Like yeah. the milk carriers of Canada. <laughs> well, there was a video on what they call 22 minutes. It's like kind of, I, I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like a Saturday Night Live type of thing. I'm going to blast it out in the socials so everyone can see it. But there is this guy that just goes in on the Maple Leafs and says like, oh, it's funny that the Maple Leafs are sponsored by the milk carriers of Canada because to be able to drink milk, you got to be able, you got to have a cup to drink. Got to have some cups to drink it. <laughs> and then it just keeps going in and then talks about like, you know, talking about the Leafs defense being porous and horrible and all this other stuff. So I thought it was really funny. Any kind of Toronto slander, I am here for. Again, people are going to just be like, oh, closet Toronto fan. But, I mean, I thought that was really funny. I thought it was hilarious that, you know, the guy just basically blasts them, you know, because they're sponsored by milk. I think they, I think he, when he was talking about the defense, he was like, well, good thing we know that t- Toronto's defense doesn't drink any of it because they're weak. And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. God, Jesus. Yeah, you sent that video and they were just ragging on them. Yeah, so I'm going to blast it out on the socials for everyone to see because it's, I mean, it's just priceless. It's just A1 leaf slander. Love it. And I'm, I'm still waiting to see them re- like, oh, this would be a hit. It, it, like, get those Got Milk campaign out there. Get Austin Matthews with a milk mustache. Just Post get little posters everywhere for all these kids in middle school, especially even if it's just all across Canada. Like that would be the best. And 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 if they don't take advantage of that, they're really missing out on something. You know what they're really missing out on is Matt Murray needs to be the spokesperson now and be like, yeah, I was really injury prone until I started drinking milk. <laughs> you know, so there. I think there's a marketing there's a marketing tool in here somewhere for that. So Matt Murray, good thing that you got on that. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, now let's uh, wrap this show up. We're going to end with our normal ending segment, our weekly shout-outs. Uh, I'll go ahead and start with mine. Uh, just a really cool video I saw going around the internet. Um, the Tennessee Volunteers, I forget who they even played. It was huge game on Saturday. And, Alabama. Uh, they played oh, Alabama. it was. Yeah, that's who it was. I was I was like, George Alabama. Yeah, okay. Alabama, Roll Tide. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers whooped on them. And yeah. uh, so then beat them in overtime, I think, or last second or something like that. I, I don't know. I didn't watch any of the game. I just saw this video going around afterwards. The fans were celebrating like crazy. They stormed the field. It was so funny watching all these guys just hop over the field. And then all the officers are just kind of like standing there like, uh, no, no, you can't do that. And there's like 
thousands and thousands of 18 to 24 year old kids just storming the field well they storm the field so much that uh this is my shout out shout out to the volunteers fans who lifted the goal the the field goal post lifted them up out of the ground dragged them out of the stadium and i didn't see this on the video but i heard that this happened now i could be totally wrong on this maybe somebody was just being a little satrical about it uh they brought the goal post all the way to like the river that's right outside the stadium and tossed the field goal post into the river <laughs> i don't doubt it dude you know sec football fans are nuts down there dude they're crazy Oh, insane. And I mean, like, I would love to go. I would love to be, you know, honestly, I probably would have been a little scared at that game. But, like, yeah. dude, talk about an all time moment. Like, that's something you hear about in a movie, but they did this in real life. So, shout out to the Volunteers fans that took the goalposts out to the river. That is I'll awesome. say shout out for them beating Alabama. I hate Alabama. And I love the fact that they got beat. Um, yeah, I love, I love it. I can't believe they drug it out. I don't, I don't doubt it. I really don't like, there's some stories where you're like, eh, I don't know about that. They probably definitely did. That. Like I definitely saw in the video where like they, they were carrying the goalposts and then they like, got it out. they, got they it were out in the concourse for sure. Yeah. So I don't know if it made it to the river or not. I don't know for sure, but that's the legend. Legend has it. I think one of the, it's one of those nights. If you're a police officer or like security or whatever, you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. It's, I, I don't get paid enough to do this. I, and you know what? You got to know that like, that's a huge win for them. They beat the number one team in the country. Number two, whatever they were. I don't fucking know. Um, my weekly shout out is going to be hockey related. Go figure. Um, I'm just going to say shout out to the NHL and the players because goals are up even more than they were last year. Goals are up. Already? And, wow. And we're, we're joined, we're, or we're, uh, we're gaining more fan interest. The more goals they score, the more fans that will come. So, like, I mean, it's pretty simple and it's pretty cheesy, but with goals being up, it's better for the game. The game's going to keep growing and growing and growing, and that's the kind of thing that you need um, to get new fan interaction and stuff like that. So shout out to the NHL and the players for scoring more goals. We love that. We love to see it. So mine's pretty simple and easy and cheesy. All right, I'm I'm down for it. Uh, we had our three stars of the week. Uh, surprisingly, Sidney Crosby. He's not going away, folks. He yeah, he had uh, six. I, points I think he, yeah, six points games. in two games, two goals, and then um, who? Oh, McDavid. He had uh, two goals as well, or was it one goal and four assists for five points? Oh yeah, he had a hat trick opening night. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. goals are up, and that's that's really good to see. Yeah, and then who? So it was who were the three stars of the week? It was McDavid. Crosby, uh, it was it was a goalie, uh, uh, Ottinger. I think it was Ottinger. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he only had one goal, one goal allowed in two games. Yeah, which I mean, they they were catching Nashville on a year on the tail end of a Europe trip, so you know, I, I mean, I'm sure they got after it while they were over there. I'm not making any excuses for anybody, especially Nashville. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, really good episode here. So I want to just, we're going to end it like we always do. Um, keep interacting with us, guys. Keep telling us anything we're doing wrong. We're doing, we're doing well. Um, keep interacting with our posts. You know, our Hall of Fame is going to go up tomorrow or, you know, whenever we can get the graphic done, we'll put that out there. Um, and then we'll get, our, just, we'll get our team working on the graphic. Yeah. Yeah. Our team, our team too. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, we'll get it working. But yeah. And, uh, just want to throw a huge shout out to everyone who listens and give us gives us feedback it's been great so far um it's only going to get better from here 
And again, I feel like just doing, you know, doing this every week, you know, we're, we're learning a lot more about the game. We're learning a lot from each other. And, you know, this is just really fun to do. It's great. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick little shout out to my cousin, Corey down in Texas. Uh, haven't talked to him in like uh, years and years, you know, every once in a while on Facebook, we'll reach out to each other, talk a little bit about the blues, but other than that, yeah, he, he moved down to Texas a long time ago and haven't really talked to him since. Um, but, uh, yeah, he reached out to me and said, uh, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying the pod. I'm trying to listen. I don't I don't get to listen all the time, but uh, listen as much as I can. And um, it was just really cool that he reached out to me. And so uh, shout out to you, Corey Ragsdale. Uh, he, you know, he does some military work. I don't know if he's still like active or anything, but um, yeah, shout out to Corey. Yeah, shout out to Corey. And shout out, again, shout out to everyone who's been listening and giving us feedback. And shout out to the people who are going to be listening for the first time on this one. Um, just stay with us. It's going to get even better and better. Every single episode is going to get that much better. Um, probably going to have another one coming this week after the Seattle game to preview Saturday's game. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll either be Thursday or Friday. Uh, not going to give any for sure dates yet because, you know, things are subject to change. But yeah, just uh, make sure that you guys are leaving reviews on Spotify, leaving reviews on Apple, wherever you guys are getting it. Subscribe. Make sure you guys know when we're getting content out. Um, we're gonna we we have so much more coming. Again, we're gonna try to do the Instagram live thing like during the intermission of a period at some point, or you know maybe do like a post game review or something like that if it's like you know early enough of a game. Um, but yeah, big things to come. Big things to come. So uh, shout out to all you guys for listening, and you know this is why we do it is for you guys. And and uh, last thing before we go, our uh, Instagram handles uh, talking without the G T A L K I N underscore blue underscore notes is uh, our main page Instagram. We that's where we're putting all our content out. And yeah, we're sharing pretty much everything. But eventually, I'd like to get to the point where we can kind of separate church and state. You know, keep our instagram's private and like have a good following on on the the page instagram the podcast instagram um but yeah talking underscore blue underscore notes is the uh podcast instagram and then my instagram j underscore trav t-r-a-v-4-2 zach your instagram is your first and last name correct yeah it's just z-a-c-k-d-e-g-r-a-n-d-e um so yeah you guys can follow us on all our socials again and send us the dms yeah, get get in there. I think I think my Instagram is private, so I mean, if you if you add me, I'm probably going to accept it anyway. It's fine. But um, yeah, we're going to be blasting a bunch of stuff on the socials. But again, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Joe, send us off. Peace.